So let's do this. Let's get into James. Um, we're going through uh, James, obviously, now. And we'll be for a few months, not years this time. It's shorter than Acts. <laughs> um, but last week, real quick, does someone want to give a very short synopsis of last week? Or something from last week you remember at all? That's fair, too. I'll just ask questions. How about that? <clears throat> um, what does it mean to um, ask without doubt? What does that mean? What did we talk about the difference between maybe what we assume that means and then what that word doubt in this passage would imply? Does anyone remember the difference? I think like the, the distinction was not that you couldn't potentially have like reservations but that you're not going through additional methods through which you would fulfill what you're asking for. Like if you're asking for your daily bread, or for example, you're, you're not, uh, I suppose, going out and trying to scheme you, you know, devious ways to get money so that you can get your bread. Right, so very good, very good distinction. So rather than so in the time when manna would fall from heaven, right? So the Israelites were um, wandering through the desert on their way to Canaan. And there's manna that God gives them in the night, right? So them being, thank- them, them being thankful for their daily bread and them not doubting doesn't mean that they would like, right before they went to bed, nervous when they had three kids in their bed beside them. Oh, I really hope God still does this. That's not the doubt that was talked about in this passage. The doubt would rather be exactly what Drew said. Okay, because I'm not sure if God's going to do it, I'm also going to get bread by other means. I want to go sneak into my neighbor's home, take some bread, and have it for just in case. Okay, that's the difference between the doubt. The doubt isn't, oh, I really hope you give this to us. I'm going to ask, but I'm worried. Okay, that's not the kind of being you know, swayed by the wind on the waves that this is talking about, that James is talking about. Rather, mm, I don't know if God's going to give me that, so I'll also go try to get it over here, or I'll also try to satisfy that by my own means, or I'll also ask a friend to be that person for me rather than sitting in stillness, right? I'll read a self-help book instead, because that sounds more fun, and that is more helpful in the moment, right? That's, that's the difference, okay? So for us... If we have worry or concern that God may not answer, that doesn't mean don't ask, right? That means ask, get confidence through asking, get confidence through relationship, get confidence by seeing God provide, okay? Big difference there. So let's keep going. Um, We're going to start in verse 9, and we're going to go through, um, hopefully we'll make it through the rest of this chapter, and we'll just kind of hit a few things that we need to talk about, and then you can kind of dive into them further uh, at your casa. So it says, let the lowly brother boast in his, in his exaltation, and the rich in his humiliation. Because like a flower of the grass, he will pass away. For the sun rises with its scorching heat and withers the grass. Its flower falls and its beauty perishes. So also will the rich man fade away in the midst of his pursuits. Blessed is the man who remains steadfast under trial. For when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life, which God has promised to those who love him. Let no one say when he is tempted, I am being tempted by God. For God cannot be tempted with evil, and he himself tempts no one. But each person is tempted 
when he is lured and is and enticed by his own desire. That desire, when it is conceived, gives birth to sin, and when sin is fully grown, brings forth death. Do not be deceived, my brothers. Every good and perfect gift is from God above, coming from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow due to change. Of his own will be, thought, um, will be brought us forth by the, world, by the word of truth, that we should be a kind of first fruits of his creation. Okay, let's go back just a little bit um, and talk about this idea. It says, when one is tempted, one shouldn't say, I'm being tempted by God. What, why? Explain that in, in your life. Because really, when we read that, a lot of us say, oh, I don't blame God for temptation, right? That's, that's kind of how we act about it. Or how, how when I read this, I would say, oh, I wouldn't blame you. How dare you say such a thing? But... I do remember this story to where there's these two people in a garden, right? Adam and Eve are in this garden. Um, Eve gets told by the snake. They both get told by the snake because Adam's there. Eve gets told by the serpent, by the snake, hey, you should eat this. You're not going to die, right? You'll just be like God. You won't really die. You'll have knowledge, right? So Eve does what? Eats it, gives it to said Adam, Adam eats it, right? They both realize, oh my goodness, look what we've done. We're naked, we're hiding. God comes by. What does God ask? Do you remember? What have you done, right? What does Adam say? Does he? The woman you gave me. The woman you gave me. Eight. It's not the woman's fault even, right? Whose fault is it? It's God's fault. The woman you gave me. Gave me an apple. I'd, I eat it, guys. It's delicious. <laughs> Not an apple, but you know. The fruit. But it better have been delicious. That's when clothes are invented. That's when clothes are invented. <laughs> Boom! <laughs> Come full circle. I really love you so. I do. I promise. I have put myself back where we were earlier this week in one fail swoop. I have put ourselves back at the. I was like, and you're right. That is when they <laughs> So. <laughs> thanks, Mark. Appreciate that, brother. Um, <laughs> But the blame was placed on whom? It was placed on God. It wasn't placed on the serpent. It wasn't placed on the woman. It wasn't placed on himself, for sure. It's placed on God. The situation that you have put me in has caused this to happen to me. Right? We do that all the time. I haven't been getting sleep, God. I've asked for rest. Who cares what I've been Netflixing or who cares that I could have gone to bed or who cares that it's my own worry and discomfort that's keeping me awake or whatever else it is or the choices I've made. But the rest I'm not getting is causing me to behave this way towards my family, God. That's why. You mean to repent of that? Okay, help me get some rest. Oh, oh, I'm supposed to be servants to all those around me. But you have given me this job, God, around these people. I'm trying not to hate them. <laughs> what do you want from me? I'm doing the best I can with what you've been giving me. I'm playing the cards you dealt me, God. And our temptation gets blamed on our circumstance. Our temptation gets blamed on God's gifts, right? These gifts God gives us, these opportunities God gives us, the family God gives us, the people we are able to do good works with, for, around, within, 
that gift that God has given us, we end up blaming on God. We're good at it. We do it sneaky, man. So it still kind of sounds like we want God's help, right? It still kind of sounds like we're trying, but we're blaming God on it. And we're, we're, ooh, we are sly with that one. We are. And we'll trick ourselves. And we totally release the, the blame from us. And James nails it. He says, look, here's the deal. When you're tempted, don't say God is tempting you. God doesn't do this. He doesn't want you to fail. God doesn't want you to fall short of who you're desiring to become. God doesn't want you to sin. In fact, rather, it's your own evil desires that entice you. It's us. It's really how we want to act towards another. It's the selfishness we want to portray. It's the satisfaction we are trying to dangle in front of ourselves, right? And we know we're good at that, too. We know during temptation we've wanted that the whole time. We know ourselves. We know we've, been, we've, we've wanted to be able to say, look how much more morally superior I am to the rest of these around us. So then when we dislike them and we want to blame stuff on the situation God gave us, really, our, our temptation the entire time is to be superior, right? It's pride, or it's arrogance, or it's this idea that we want to think we're doing okay. That's, that's us, right? That's just one of a million probably one of my most and I'm sharing as an example, but that's us. And then, and then we wonder sometimes, and I worry, I'm like, man, if it's my own evil desire, how do I change my desire? Like, where does that, when does that happen? When, when do my desires begin to change? And honestly, I think we go back over and over again to this verse we, some of us know in Psalms, I think it's 37, let's see. I think it's Psalm 37.4. Yes. Does anyone know it? You don't have to. It says, delight yourself in the Lord, and he will what? Give you the desires of your heart. Now, I've heard this talk to me when I was young, like, if you want something really bad, delight yourself in God, and he'll give you it. And that's not, that's not at all it. It's, that's not what the scripture is referring to. The scripture is referring to, he will give you the desires in which you will have. So it's this idea of delight yourself in God, be, be present with God often, be reminded of God throughout your day, plead with God to make his nearness felt with you through the day, like constantly notice, constantly implore, constantly humble yourself before so that your desires are actually the ones God has granted you to want to have. Does that make sense? So this, this inward transformation that gets talked about all through the New Testament about you will be transformed by the renewal of your mind, Right? We have this idea of putting on righteousness like clothes, right? This idea of transform yourself completely. And if we're going to do that, if we, we want to be people who don't blame God for our circumstance or blame God for our temptation, if we want to be people who aren't led away by our own evil desires, maybe we just, it's as simple for us as attempting to delight ourselves in God. To say, I want your nearness to be my joy. I don't want to have to conjure up joy anymore. It's exhausting. Can your nearness be joy for me? I'm, I'm tired of asking to not be selfish or just apologizing for being selfish or not knowing how to repent for selfishness. Can you just unselfish me? Can we do that? Right? Can my very desire of selfishness be changed? Can my desire for greed just can you transform that into sacrificial love? Can you, can you change those for me? 
Can you change my desire to win and to be right? Can you change that to just wanting resolution and love? Yet, we just try to like pull ourselves up by our bootstraps and undesire things. And I, I know that I'm, I am not capable of that in, in Austin, for sure. I can pretend and I can like not, I can go against my desires for a little bit to be nice and to look like I don't desire those things for everyone around me. But I know what they are deep down. And when I'm really squeezed, that is what, that is what shows. I am. James says, rather it's, we know it's us the whole time. But even Satan doesn't get blamed on this one. There's no like snake in the garden that we blame. It's us. It's our own selves. Led away. And when that desire grows, it's conceived, it gives birth to what? Sin. Sin is full grown. Sin gives us and we know what that tastes like, all of us. So, it's delighting ourselves to have our hearts changed and transformed. Then it says this in 19. Know this, my beloved brothers. Let every person be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger. We could just do that for a while. That would be worth it. I could just do that for a while and let it be worth it. Um, quick to speak, or quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger. For the anger of man does not produce righteousness of God. We know that. Therefore, put away all filthiness, rampant wickedness, and receive with meekness the implanted word, which is able to save your souls. It doesn't say try harder. It doesn't say get, get away from the people who are also wicked, right? It doesn't say any of that. What is the, the cure for this? Away from being quick to speak. Away from wickedness around us, away from, um, what's it say, filthiness. Rather, what is the cure? The word. Receiving with meekness the implanted word. The Holy Spirit, the scriptures, the word through your brothers and sisters. Receive those things. Receive them. Be active participants. Right? It doesn't say, let it come to you. It says, receive it. Take your hands out and grab it and have it for yourself. Be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he's like a man who looks intently at his natural face in the mirror. For he looks at himself and goes away and at once forgets what he looks like. But the one who looks into the perfect law, the law of liberty, and perceives, or and perseveres, I'm, I'm reading terribly today, and perseveres, being no hearer, um, being no hearer who forgets, but a doer who acts, he will be blessed in his doing. What, is that, what does that mean, to look at yourself in the mirror and then forget what you look like? What is, what is, that, trying to, what is that metaphor trying to share? What is James trying to say? Not rhetorical. What do you all think? <coughs> Then God see God coming out of you. God's spirit. Right. Has, you know what? He, you've listened to Him, and you're trying to do what He's saying, and so that's going to show. Right. That's going to come out. This idea of you're not just a hearer, but you're actually allowing what you've heard to be emitted from you as well. Right. Very good. What else? I think it's that thing where um, they say like 80% of our thoughts are negative, right? And so we have to be proactive about. Um, 
remembering the good things and when God looks at us and tells us who we are and we look in that mirror, I think sometimes when we walk away, it's easy to forget mm-hmm. because there's so many other voices <coughs> and thoughts that push right. that away that I'm not in your grace, I'm not loved, I'm not, um, I don't, I can't, you know, be a blessing to others, you know, like I'm a burden. I think sometimes we, at least I do, maybe not everyone, but I, at times I forget who God says I am. Okay, good. That blows my mind, because I've always <laughs> read that chapter negatively my whole life. Like, you look in the mirror in the morning, and you got eye crust and boogers on your face, <laughs> and you forget about it, and just go on through the rest of your life with eye crust and boogers on your face instead of washing your face. But this is like, reminding you of the identity God gives you, especially when you've, especially when you've come to know him. And that's, I've never read it that way, so thank you very, very much, because I'm always, I'm always like, you've got thing in your, things in your teeth, and like, you just refuse to wash it out, and you keep going about your life as if you forgot all your negative stuff, which there's a place for that too, but like, of I've 99% of the time, or 100% of the time, I've always read that to be hard on myself. Good. Right, I'm not not good that you've read it hard on yourself. <laughs> I mean, like, good, good less I, gooder, more yeah, gooder. I'm gonna read right, that sorry. verse differently for the rest of my life. Yeah. And this is this is why you don't good. skip church, even though <laughs> it is. Even though you live in the wrong continent and there's a huge soccer game on this, <laughs> you come to church because you get your mind blown. <laughs> I'm gonna say something on it. That's what he said, though. I don't know if anyone's seen the movie What the Bleep, and it's about quantum physics, but it reminds me of what you're saying, and it's basically like they put in the water. Have you seen it? They What's put, it called? It's called What the Bleep. What's the Bleep? It's about quantum physics, but it has to do with that, where it's like they put water and they put a bunch of positive oh, yeah. words all into it, and then they put it under a microscope, and it like turns into this beautiful snowflake, and then they put all these negative words into it and you could just see it all like falling apart. So it's the same idea of like, what you're putting into you, you become. Hmm. And they did like a science and actual like, That's cool. Science and yeah, yeah, yeah. That's awesome. Oh, you remind me of the quote, uh, Bernard Manning's quote, um, the greatest single cause of atheism or unbelief in the world today is Christians yeah. who acknowledge Jesus for like, and walk out the door and deny them with their lifestyle. Yeah. yeah. <coughs> Trust the world to find that we we are actually capable of also too i like that this shows that we are capable of looking in a mirror that that first part actually gives me some hope to be real honest this idea of at the beginning we do look at ourselves like we know i don't think and that's why sometimes i have a hard time with people being like well you need to make sure that your unbelieving friends know they're sinners. I'm like, I don't think I need to help them with that part. I think we've always known that. Everyone. All of us. We're very capable of knowing that. We know, we know who we are deep down. I don't think that's the problem. I think the problem, rather, is we don't know, um, or we don't look intently at either side of this coin, what might need to change about us, or who we were intended to become. And who we are today, right? This whole and complete, not lacking anything that is happening to us constantly. 
we don't understand. So it's uh, the fact that we can look is wonderful. That we do look can be wonderful. Too much of the time it's negative because we look and we're so discouraged and so disappointed we just live our day and we just wander around in hopelessness, right? So we have, we have this issue to deal with. But the fact that James says we can look, let's look, okay? Let's look intently. Look intently at the fact that all the way, even your trial is intended for you to be lacking nothing. The fact that even if you worry God might not provide, we are, we are told to freely ask. The fact that you don't have to have perfect faith to ask, like last week, is so important to our view of the mirror. Because again, we know who we are. If we lack wisdom, just ask. Ask. Knowing that every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow due to change. Of his own will, he brought us forth by the word of truth, that we should be some kind of first fruit of his creation? Who has like planted a garden and then when the very first green bean comes, you throw a party and cook the one green bean? <laughs> yes, right? It's like you've, you've, you've made magic, right? It's like you plant, a, I'm trying to think of a silly one, but I don't, I don't have one. Like you plant, um, I think, a, a tomato or a, whatever. Well, cherry tomatoes are perfect because there's like a jillion of them. So, okay, so you plant your cherry tomato and you're like, all right, I'm going to do this. It's time for me to create something delicious. Like I'm, I'm going I'm to nourish this seed to like nourish me. We're going to do this together, right? I remember when Lily and I were, were mostly Lily. Lily was doing raised bed gardens. She would be out there and a caterpillar would come and she would cut it in half and then leave it there and be like, I'm going to leave you for your family to find. Don't mess with my tomatoes, right? And she, you said those words too. She did. She, she's deep down. Oh man, Lily's fierce and awesome. So she, but she like protects the tomato plant. She like, all of our eggs we ever ate from there were ground up and like put in a compost and like the compost was taken care of and she like read all about when the compost was supposed to be put in whatever. I mean, all the things. We did all the things. And then when the first tomato happened, it's like we had given birth to tomatoes. It was, <laughs> it was the weirdest thing I've ever said, but it was awesome. And Lily was like, we have one. And we like celebrated, we picked it, <laughs> split it, ate it, it was awesome, and it was this first fruit. Now, the thousand other fruits, also good, also awesome, but the first one, amazing, amazing. This celebration we had over a tomato was, was incredible. I was like, I've never been more proud of you. Look what you have done, it was before we had kids. It was like, look what you had done. You created life, you have made tomato. You know, it was so amazing, so amazing. And for us, we, we can't imagine God looking at, looking at us that way. It's hard for us to imagine. It's hard for us to imagine God looking at us and being like, yes, yes, that was the intention the whole time. You're killing it. You were doing it. I see that thing in your life that's like bursting forth good. I saw that good deed that I'd prepared in advance for you to do. Oh, I'm so happy about that. This is my son. This is my daughter with whom I am well pleased. We just don't imagine God saying to us. And that is the reality. 
The reality is, ask for wisdom so the Father can give it. The Father likes you a lot. Not just loves you, he's supposed to, because he said he would, right? He's like, ah, oh, I have to keep loving them. I said so. Oh, it's not it. It's not it. It's this deep, overwhelming like, even. And we need to understand that as we look in the mirror. We need to understand that as we see who we're becoming. We see who we are. Because a father likes us so, oh, we can ask that father to transform deep down. We can ask for new desires, right? He's pleased already. Father likes us today, as well as what hopefully we will become today plus 300 days, right? So let's, let's do this. Let's stand, and, and I want us, before we go into communion, before we do our liturgy of response, I want us to acknowledge that. I want us to acknowledge that the Father of lights gives every good and perfect gift and doesn't waver or hide behind shadows and does not change the affection for us. And that when we know we are being tempted, that we would look hard at that and say, look, God, I just need new desires. That's me. I want this. I hate wanting this. I dislike that I want this, but I do. So help me delight in you so you can change this. Please. And, and let's pray about that. So God, we, we do ask that. We ask that um, we would be people who don't look at the mirror and leave forgetting what we look like. It um, would be people who see you and ourselves clearly. And that God, we would not be so quick and so short-sighted to just blame you when it's our own evil desires leading us to act. That we would delight ourselves in you so that you can give us the desires that we should have in our hearts. In Jesus' name, amen.